Welcome to Revitalize Your Relationship. You are listening to episode 45, Stop Fighting About Money. Hello there, lovers. My name is Erin Aquin, and I have a very special guest with me today. It is my amazing husband, Steve Hossey, who has not been on this podcast since like episode two or something. I'm going to have to go back in the show notes. I'm pretty sure it was episode two. But anyway, he hasn't been here for a long time and we've changed the whole podcast since the last time you were here, Steve. And I am so excited to have him on today's show because... We're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about this thing that most people fight about in relationships. If you are in a marriage or in a long-term partnership and you share finances, then you have probably had a conversation or an argument (laughs) at least once about money and how you spend it and what it looks like. So I thought it would be really fun to bring my awesome husband on the podcast today to talk about this with me because we actually have very different opinions about money and yet I don't think we've ever had a fight about it. I think we've had discussions about it. We have a lot of discussions about how we want to use our money, but I don't think we've ever actually um, thought about it. And we're going to talk about why that is. And I hope that this is an episode that maybe you can listen to and get some inspiration from and maybe have it listen to it with your partner. If you want to get to a better place where you guys can have conversations about money, where you can even have different value systems about money, disagreements about it, but it doesn't turn into like a screaming match. And when you're done listening, if you want to go a little bit deeper with this work, then I highly recommend you go to the show notes and grab that free mini course that I have made available for all of you called End the Argument Before It Starts. And that will help to teach you how to not argue about other things. But today we're going to talk about money. And I want to welcome Steve to the show. Thanks, Erin. Good to be here. Hello, everybody. So we're talking about money. And it got me thinking, why does everybody fight about money? I mean, what's the big deal anyway? You, you can't even see it anymore. It's just on your phone or in the ATM. Like, it's always just on a screen. Like, have you ever looked at how much money you have? And even if you could, what would that even look like? It's in all sorts of different places and things. It's credit card statements. It's bank statements. It's, you know, brokerage accounts if you're lucky enough to have stuff like that. And... Uh, so it's, it's all very abstract. So why all the arguments? And I think it comes down to money is a, a proxy. It's a stand-in for energy. It's what we have for opportunity, for optionality, for freedom, happiness. It represents all these things. And it actually delivers some of these things. And it's often the output of our own energy, right? So it's a proxy for opportunity and optionality, and it comes from energy, whether it's physical energy, 
emotional, value-creating, even if you're just an actor who gets paid $40 million for a film, you have built up your career and your cachet and your ability to make that payday for that $40 million. So um, it, it's always an output of your life, of your energy. So it, it's close to us, it's dear to us, and it represents what's possible for our lives in the future. For some people, it represents safety. For others, it represents comfort. For others, they're just in trouble. Like if you've got student loan debt over a certain amount, then you feel, oh, I'm in trouble. If you have credit card debt over a certain amount, then you feel, oh, this is burdening me. This is getting in the way. So it, it causes us emotional responses, whether our money is going up or the money is going down or we owe somebody or somebody owes us. There's always this emotional element to it because it's, it's the glue that we've chosen to bind our lives together, right? We don't all live in a village where we can just trade chickens and, you know, uh, collect uh, uh, taxes from the land that we are working. We've chosen to loosen those ties and instead replace them with this thing of currency of money. So it's intimately tied to life as we live it today. And it represents so many things to so many people, and it's tied to all the different emotional ups and downs of living one's life. I'm doing great. I'm doing terrible. We're in a great position. We can do anything. We're in a terrible position. We can't do anything. All of those things are tied to money, so that's why we fight about it. That's why it's a source of, what's it a source of? It's, it's a source of energy, right? There's emotion around it because it's so close to the life that we live. Yeah, and I think that everybody comes into a partnership, a relationship with very deeply ingrained beliefs about money, and those are often chosen unconsciously. So usually the way you think about money is going to be as a result of your childhood. So sometimes people who grew up with very little money, they have like a big desire to make a lot of money and they don't maybe want to save that. They want to spend it on things. Like we see sometimes like celebrities often will like come up from nothing and then you see they're like bankrupt in three years and you wonder how could someone spend that much money? But our, our responses and our reactions to money are often one of the really core and deep uh, belief systems that we get from our past, from our family's beliefs about money. So they often go under the radar so unquestioned. And we just think that, I mean, I guarantee we all have thoughts about money that we just believe are true without question. And when you finally start to share your finances with another human being who no doubt has a different thought about money and a different set of beliefs that they think are true, it's kind of no wonder that there's going to be some contrast and some things to discuss there. Um, I remember early on in our relationship, right after we, I guess, had gotten engaged and I decided to shut down my business and move to uh, Boston where you were living at the time, I was in such a weird space around money because I had watched friends of ours kind of do a really similar thing in their relationship. And then they were constantly fighting about money. The one, the person in the relationship who was making all the money, um, felt very 
much that the other person should still have to pay half the bills, even though they had just closed their business and uprooted their life. And I really worried that our relationship was going to go down that road, actually. Like that was a big concern for me was that I was going to be somehow an unequal partner to you because I wasn't bringing in revenue. (laughs) I wasn't generating money in our relationship. (laughs) So I felt at some like disadvantage and I had a lot of stuff to work out actually about money. It took a long time. Uh, but you know, that was a result of like having to close down a business and move to a different country. So I think that's probably when we had the most discussions about money and where a lot of those questions I think came up for me about really starting to examine what my previously held beliefs about money were, what your previously held beliefs about money were, and just kind of opening up that conversation for us as a couple. And what we learned is that we have different (laughs) styles of how we want to spend money, how we want to manage money. Um, Both of my parents were bankers. And so one of the beliefs I definitely bring into the relationship is I don't like debt of any kind. (laughs) I don't like seeing a minus anywhere. Um, at first in our relationship, like I would never be willing to do anything that I couldn't like pay the credit card bill at the end of the month. Like that was just, I had previously just run my own business. I was really bootstrapping things and I, you know, even when our net worth collectively went up, it would like bother me to have any negative on the credit card ever at the end of the month. And that was because I had just been raised to think that debt was really bad. Uh, That had to be, I had to question that a lot when we actually got a mortgage. I was like, we have a negative amount and it's a big negative amount. (laughs) So my beliefs about money had to, I really had to start opening that up. So I think for all of you listening, if you tend to fight about money, I know I've said this in past episodes, but I think it's so important that before you ever bring up these kinds of conversations with your partner, that you actually do your own work just to see where you're coming from and just assume that all of these things that you've just taken for granted as true are totally up to be questioned and you should definitely figure out where you're coming from, what you really think, maybe where it came from. You know, I know having bankers and, you know, my dad does bookkeeping, having like financial people in my life, the the statement that was always kind of drilled was it's bad to have debt. It's bad to have debt. Student loan debt like would just eat away at me. I used to stay awake at night thinking about my student loan debt. Thanks for bringing it up, Steve. (laughs) So the first thing I would definitely suggest before you ever bring it up with your partner is to, to figure out what it is you actually think. And you know, a good place where you can find where you have unquestioned beliefs, really strong unquestioned beliefs, are those places that you're always fighting with your partner about. Because someone's digging in somewhere and there's not a lot of space around it. So, you know, the the whole purpose and what I think is the, the power of the what Aaron teaches with the and the argument before it begins is that it all can be handled by you. Like that's my approach to our relationship is that I am responsible for the whole thing all by myself. 
even though there's two of us, obviously, and now with children, there's four of us, but I still see I am responsible for what I bring to it and the amount of space that I have around things. And the times that I dig in are the times when I'm unquestioningly holding to my own belief. If I have any room around that, then then the digging in is at least there's there's more space for conversation around it, for consideration around it, which, you know, when when Aaron and I were talking about this beforehand, I was thinking there there are there are two things that will help you stop fighting about money. The one is timeline, where if you think ahead 30 years, 50 years, it's a fair amount of time, but it's not, you know, an eternity. Like, what is any of this going to matter in just a couple of decades, right? The most important thing is your love. The most important thing is the quality of your relationship. So if you hold in your mind, I need to put away 15% of my paycheck towards retirement. Otherwise, we're all going to die. Guess what? We're all going to die anyway. So 15% one way or another, like if it's 13%, you put those 2% towards a vacation. Or if it's 10% or 8%, you put those 7% towards a vacation because what your what your spouse really wants to do is save towards experiences in the now, right? That's often the, the, the trade-off is, do I save for the future? Do I invest in the now, right? It's, it's always that spectrum, always that balance. So if you have a very strong opinion one way or the other, and maybe your spouse sees it on the other side, then where is there room for, not negotiation, but like for coming to a beautiful arrangement? That's the way I see it. I'm, I tend to uh, look towards the future and say, let's put aside as much as possible. Let's build this nest egg so that later on we'll be glorious and leisurely and full of freedom. And Aaron says, well, but... We don't have a later on right now. We have a right now right now. So let's build for the right now. Let's buy that Lambo. <laughs> let's get that Lamborghini. We don't have a Lamborghini. Not uh, yet. Not yet. Uh, and, and so what I've started doing is we, we work towards how do we invest in the now while also investing in the future. And maybe on my side, it means we're investing less in the future than I would you know, be rubbing my hands together with a look of delight on my face. But uh, when we go do those things that are uh, beautiful for our family, for our relationship in the now, then I also have a look of delight on my face because it's in the relationship as a whole. It's me and Aaron together. Yeah, I think that that's a really interesting piece to it as well. I mean, I love what you said about knowing that when you really dig in, to something that you just think is true and that you think the other person's absolutely wrong, keeping in mind that that is actually just a thought. It's a belief or a thought that you have, but that does not make it true. So being able to just examine those things, I think those are like, you know, and maybe it sounds really spiritually like cheesy and cliche to say it, but like those moments can be your greatest teachers because it really is showing you where you are holding an unquestioned belief and getting flustered because you don't actually have necessarily like a logical response when your partner wants to save money and you want to spend it and one is right and one is wrong in your mind. Usually when it's that black and white, yeah, it is. there is something to be questioned and there is something to be looked into if you're willing to do it. 
something I will say often to my clients when they're really pissed (laughs) their partner for the way that their partner uses or spends money or thinks about money. Um, you know, often when I'm working with clients, they'll say like, oh, well, my husband thinks that it's his money because he's the one with getting the paycheck. And I think it's our money because I'm the one staying home and I've put everything on hold to look after my kids. And they'll get really pissed off about that. Like they'll just be so mad and there's no space in the conversation for for anyone to actually come to that beautiful arrangement that you're talking about. Something I will often say is, do you want to be right so that you can be mad? Or do you want to be open to the possibility that there's more to this? Like possibly you're wrong. Like if we can, if we can actually just step back and be open to the possibility of being wrong, that there's maybe a solution that neither one of you have thought of yet because you're so you're digging in so hard to like your way is the right way (laughs) your thought is the right thought and the other person should just get in line it it does not leave room for any creativity in terms of a solution and I know it's kind of maybe sounds weird to say creativity in terms of money but as Steve pointed to as you pointed to money is just energy and I think it shows you the kind of, the way you spend money is often a reflection of of how you want to live life. So I think a lot of people overspend money because they feel like something's missing in their life and they think that buying more stuff is going to solve that. I think some people oversave money as though it's going to secure the future, like it's going to buy them more time. Like if I have a hefty retirement fund. I'm definitely going to live till I'm a hundred and none of it's a guarantee. There are no guarantees here. So the interesting kind of thing that's happened as our net worth as a couple has gone up is I want like less stuff in my life. I want to pay for less stuff, but I want that stuff that we bring into our life to be more high quality. I want our experiences. I want, I want I don't need to have like 20 shitty vacations a year. I want one very nice vacation a year. You know, we've we've kind of made a pact earlier this year that every for each of our birthdays we're going to go and have like a spa weekend somewhere really nice. We're not going to go no offense to Holiday Inn, but we're not going to go to the fucking Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> and like go get our nails painted at the you would probably wouldn't do that anyway (laughs) but you know we're gonna go to a nice place and do some nice things and spend time together because I think that is a value that we both share you know essentially that like life isn't there's no guarantee of anything and that doesn't mean we need to spend it all right now but it also doesn't mean that we have to um scrimp and save for a future that may never come. So the flexibility in the long game, that kind of spiritual thing you said is so meaningful to me because right here and now is what we know we have. We have this moment right now. And 
money cannot buy happiness. We all have heard that. We all know. But it can help you use your time more in the way you want to. So because money exists in our life, we can afford to have someone come and clean our home. So we don't spend our time and energy doing that. We spend our time and energy doing something we love. And to me, at this point, that's kind of where I'm at with with how I want to spend money. I want to spend money on my well-being, on um, things that are fun experiences with our family. You know, when I buy something for myself, I'm going to buy something nice now. (laughs) So I think we're hitting on some fundamentals here and coming back to the mindset and your beliefs around money. One thing I love that you pointed out here, Erin, is finding where you agree, right? Because you can always prove any thought you have if you sit there and you say, we just butt heads every time we talk about money. You're going to find all the ways that you butt heads talking about money. But if you say, we've really learned how to use our resources in a way that enhances our relationship. You're going to find lots of ways that you're using your resources that enhance your relationship. And and one will make you feel like your partner's an adversary and the other will make you feel like your partner's a partner. And they're both true depending on how you want to look at it. And there's tons of evidence for both. So even if it's like small wins, right? Let's Let's say right now you're starting on the oh my God, every time I talk about money, it all just blows up. Let's get some small wins in there and find, like, write down five ways that you actually agree about money. Start with the simplest things. If you're like, there's nothing we agree on, start with the really simple ones. Come up with five things you agree about when it comes to money. And when you're there, you'd be like, we are on the same page. And then what can we do to actually enhance it from there? Um, You know, I'm just thinking about earlier in in my life when I was living in a spiritual community and there were some really weird ideas about money, but lots of lots of different experiences uh, in terms, you know, some people had a lot of it. Other people, such as myself, didn't have very much of it. Um, but everybody went on these uh, at least like 20 days of retreat per year. And sometimes in Tuscany, Italy, go to India, which wasn't as expensive as Tuscany, uh, south of France, um, but you're still like investing time and money in these experiences, kind of traveling the world, taking time out of your day, out of your life to, 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 to go deeper, to have, have this spiritual enrichment. And it was a very clear sense of using resources towards something with much greater value. It's like, okay, the money, the money spent was 5,000 bucks, but the value returned was far greater than that. So, so whether your context was, well, that 5,000 is going on my credit card and at some point I'll have enough to pay that back. The, the, the thing that I was clear about was what I was investing that money into and, and just the value that I was putting on that time and those experiences. And so it's absolutely the same in relationships. So whether it's, okay, our next big investment is 
an exercise bike. Aaron and I were, were, were we got our eyes on the fancy Peloton bike for our the place that we're moving to in February because it doesn't have the nice gym inside the place, so we had to build it ourselves. So that that investment is a way that we're um, taking our resources and putting it towards something totally life enhancing, right? Our exercise, our working together, our uh, um, physical growth. So those are all ways to take this this abstract idea, this contentious topic of like, oh, do we have the money? Oh, we're going to go into debt. Oh, we're earning so much more. We're earning so much less. And you say, this is what I want. This is my goal. This is what we're going to do. So being clear about the outcome of those investments and being connected and, and tied towards the purpose of what we're putting that money towards rather than just the practices and how we're doing it and you know is this is this putting me in a place that I'm comfortable with maybe questioning that a little bit more and investing in the purpose of of what that money's for yeah and I think there's something too to be really careful about because often the the fight about money will, trickle out into, well, we need to make more. The fight about money will come from tension. You know, if, if there's not a lot of money or your expenses have become greater than what you're bringing in, that is often a place where people fight about what is an essential, what is a necessity versus what is frivolous. You know, a pair of shoes becomes frivolous versus the groceries if there's not enough money to pay for both to one person, <laughs> whereas someone for to someone else, those shoes are a part of a necessity and we have to find the money somewhere else because we need the shoes and we need the groceries. So I'd be really careful about trying to solve the, the argument about money by dreaming up ways to bring more money in because what often happens, I mentioned celebrities, but you know this happens to a lot of people, is you make more money and you spend more money. So, and there's still fights about money, but the fights just kind of go to an, the next level. People come home with a $500 handbag and yes, they make $200,000 a year, but it becomes a fight. I've seen this with people. This is not just for people who don't make a lot of money. I've seen people who make insane amounts of money be very, have a, like a very scarce mindset about money and spending and this is frivolous and it's all frivolous and it's not essential. <laughs> so I think a lot of this really does come back to what you said about mindset, keeping a long view, and then remembering that, that we haven't talked about this yet, but I have talked about this with you guys in the past. Adults are allowed to do whatever they want. So with money, with shared finances, your partner's actually allowed to spend money however they want to. This is where most people start fighting <laughs> and they start fighting with me. I know you're all going to send me angry emails, but before you do, I just want to remind you, adults can do whatever the hell they want. And I know that pisses you off. I know that you want your partner to not spend money their way. You want them to spend money your way. You want them to save your way. You want them to do the things that you think are logical and not the craziness that they're doing. <laughs> and they feel the same way about you. So this is where all of the thought management work that I teach you in the mini course comes in handy. And this is where you decide whether it's going to be a fight or a conversation. And then you decide what to do about it. Because just as much as they are allowed to spend money, 
however they want to. If it is something that you do not agree with fundamentally, you can also do whatever it is you want to do. You can maybe decide that you guys need to split your finances up. But you don't do that from a place of being pissed. You don't like get really angry at them, scream at them, and then call your bank and your lawyer and split up the finances and just have a big old freak out. That is probably not going to feel very good for you. It's probably going to lead to a much more expensive um, battle called divorce. <laughs> uh, but I mean, seriously, I'm, I'm joking about that, but divorce is very expensive And if you are willing to say, I need to set a boundary about this because we have expenses and things we've decided we're going to buy and, you know, you actually have done something that we decided we weren't going to do, you know, you set up a boundary and then you say, if you do this again, or if you, you've done it already, I think we need to separate our finances and pay into the bills in a different way. You are free to do that, but I would definitely suggest you do that from a place of love and probably get some coaching on it beforehand. You don't have to do it with me, but of course I would love you to, but you need to work with somebody on this. You need to probably really sit down and think through this so that you're not coming from a place of anger. If you are at the point where you think separating out your finances might be the best move, And you have maybe done what Steve suggested, which is go through what your values are and really talked it through. If it is just a constant uphill battle, you have tried these things and you want to go in a different direction, that's fine. You're allowed to do that. But I think it's always better for both of you if you can just do it from a place of love and you are walking into that conversation very clean about it. It's a, it's a, bold move to say that your partner can do what they want to do it takes a lot of trust and it expresses so much love and so much care for that person to not try to control them or try to change them or demand that they do it your way it's a big-hearted thing it's a challenging thing it's a countercultural thing no one teaches you that except aaron <laughs> and uh, it's the most loving thing you can do. It may require some changes on your side, as, as, as Aaron just mentioned. Yeah, the whole point here is how do you actually take this thing which shouldn't be tearing your relationship apart, but it is, and, and how do you change that focus towards love and towards the reason you came together in the first place? And... I think you just touched on that fundamental point there, which is giving your partner that trust, that freedom to to be themselves, to be fully themselves, and then see what your relationship looks like then. Because it's always going to change, right? Humans, we're, uh, we're always responding to the world around us, changing, seeing new things, trying new things out. If we have the freedom to do that, then what what more beautiful thing is there than that? Self-actualization, right? Why, why else are we here than to feel the whole thing, experience the whole thing, be fully ourselves? So if, if you can do that around money, which like we started with is kind of core to our experience right now as humans, then you're, you're opening the door for your partner to be fully who they are and vice versa for yourself to be fully who you are. And that's, 
that's what it's all about. So this this is much more than about relationships or fighting or money. It's it's about life itself. Powerful stuff. It's so great to have you on the podcast, and I really appreciate it. So that's how you do it, guys. You stop fighting about money. It is such a waste of energy. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel loving. You don't need to do it. You don't need to do it even if you have differing ideas and values. You can just talk about these things. You can talk about them. You can agree about what you want to do as a family. And if you can't agree, then you can even separate your finances. And that can still be loving and beautiful. Most people don't actually need to get to the point where that's happening. But if you do, that's okay. That's all okay. You just need to figure out what works for you in your relationship so that you both can get on with your lives and not have the same stupid argument over and over again about money. All right. So your mission is to download my free end the argument before it starts mini course. It's awesome. And just because it's free does not mean it's lightweight. This is a real course. So I hope you enjoy the workbook, the videos. Go get that. I'm not sure how long I'm going to keep that freebie up for. So get on it, you guys. (laughs) I hope you have a beautiful week and a beautiful relationship. Thank you. Thank you.